Welcome to First Time Lord. I'm Daniel Levane, and as the title of the podcast implies, I am a first-timer, meaning I had never seen Doctor Who until I started this podcast. And, of course, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you know I can't stop watching this show. And if you're not a Doctor Who fan and you're listening to this podcast, then you're probably like me and you realized how amazing this show is, and you can't stop watching it. And this week, we're doing that very special episode that we started with last season, where we recap the entire series. So this episode is dedicated to the entirety of Series 3, and of course, to talk about it, to relive every juicy moment of it, I had to invite a very special guest, somebody that has only been on the podcast one other time, recounting series one and two with me that is my lovely amazingly talented and beautiful wife shannon levane hi (laughs) (laughs) welcome back to the podcast i feel like has it been that long it it has been an entire series well series those series are a little different there's not as many episodes. That's why it's like, oh my goodness. That's true. But we, we've been through an entire uh, companion. I Yeah, I was going to say, it's you say series, I say we're going by like companions, basically. So <laughs> that is the last true. time was, you know, saying goodbye to our sweet Rose. And that's exactly where we left off. Not only did we say goodbye to Rose, but I, I distinctly remember... Uh, we were left with the image of a yeah, woman the, in a bride. Yes, the bride. <laughs> and I remember very distinctly you going, Who the Who heck is, is that? this? And what is that going to mean? Where's my rose and what's going on? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, uh, so what, what did you think of the bride? Because that was the, the Christmas episode for series two. Oh, I, I mean, I liked her. I was excited. I thought, oh, is this, is this our new companion? Because that episode was, that was sad. That was crazy. That poor girl. <laughs> that was just mean what happened to her. I mean, she wasn't like a perfect person either. You no. know, she had her flaws. <laughs> but she was cool. She was funny. She had a good rhythm. She, you know what I mean? Like, I liked her. And then it was just, it was like a one and done her. It was unusual. It was. And, I was going to say. Like the doctor was a little disappointed, you know, he, he offered her to go and she's like, nope, not for me. You know what? I, I, I'm going to say this. It's, it was almost like it was like the instant rebound girl. Oh, it was like yeah. the rebound companion because he just <laughs> lost Rose. And so it was like the first girl that like he had this like, you know, situation occur with and he just got like thrown into the to the world with her so to speak and so it just i think he just clung on to her i think that would have been a bat that would have been a rebound it was like practically like a rebound girl right there i i definitely think that he should not have i mean as much as i think it would have been interesting to have her be his companion i think you're right i i think that she was definitely not the right companion for him uh, which then leads us to that that first episode uh, of officially, I guess, the way HBO and in the U.S. we see the series. Uh, the official first episode of series three starts with Smith and Jones, where we meet Martha Jones. So, what did you? What were your first opinions of Martha? I mean, I I like Martha. I do. Um... She's cute. She's smart. She wears her emotions on her sleeve. You know, I think that was maybe being a Rose loyalist. That was a little um, <laughs> unusual for me. Uh, I to was going to her say, like throw herself basically at me. It seemed like you, you were definitely a Rose girl. I'm a Rose like, girl. I still you, am. Even through, even through buckets. Martha, mm-hmm. I still, I was honestly, I was jealous as if I was Rose. On behalf of Rose. On behalf of Rose. I was jealous and I was kind of like, step aside, Martha, because some way in the future, we're going to find Rose again. I don't care what they say, that it's closed off. Like, I'm still, well, and I'm still hopeful for that. I mean, it's abundantly clear that the doctor 
was still 100% hung up on Rose. No, he, he through through I think the whole thing, but then there's episodes in this that really make me mad at him because of how he just throws himself at other people. <laughs> well, you know, especially early on in this series, uh, Smith and Jones, uh, the Shakespeare Code, uh, Gridlock, you know, they were they were definitely, it, it was, you know, the doctor getting to know Martha. It was uh, his fun, like, let's find somewhere to go and just go. It was right, like it the was, Russian it, roulette. Like, it, it was his showing off. Yeah. Like, he was absolutely He's like, trying, let's have fun. Where do you want to go? Right. Let's have fun. I'm going to show you how much fun we can have. Right. Which for me, I thought that was the doctor sort of, I need to get over this. This girl He was Rose forcing himself. Me. Yes. Uh, and the bride didn't take me up on this, so I, I need somebody. Is this chick the one, is Martha the one that's going to take the reign? Well, I don't think it was even that, because it was, you know, by by the time we get to the Lazarus experiment, you know, it seems like the doctor's like, okay, well, I promised you one trip to the present, one trip to the past, and they took a, a little bit of a detour, and, you know, now I'm bringing you back home. Uh, and it wasn't until Martha's like, well, wait, 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 I'm not ready to stop that he was like, okay, you can keep coming it's with like me. It's like she got the like little taste of it. And then she was like she, and it, it's a mild like addict, like she needed a little well, more. I think almost immediately, like in, in that first episode in, in Smith and Jones, when they're sitting there in the moon looking out at the hood, you know, like she's in, she's in that. She's a dreamer. And she right. saw that and she wanted to explore a little bit. Like she was at that weird, you know, that weird moment in life where it's like, yes, she's training to do something, but at the same time, she's not locked into anything right now. So it's like, and she doesn't have, a, she's not in a relationship. She's got family though, but so did Rose. So it wasn't like you were taking someone away from somebody. She didn't even have like a Mickey, you yeah, know what no, I mean? She, like she didn't have a boyfriend or she, anything. She was ready. She jumped in, you know. It's like she wanted a distraction before she decided she was really ready for the doctor's life. Well, I, I, I think she, yeah, I, I, I think it's exactly what you said. Is like she, she wanted to sow some of those wild oats and that adventurous before she was like, no, no, I must follow through. I've got family here. I love my family. I need to stay put. It's like that last, like she was, it's kind of like a, a scratch. She had to itch. Well, I, I think part of the reason she ultimately ends up bailing on the doctor is because she, she realized, I think, you know, because through this entire thing, and I mentioned it in plenty of uh, the episodes uh, throughout series three, that I felt she was significantly more mature than Rose. And while Rose grew to be a very apt companion, she pretty much started out as sort of the hapless shop girl that just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, whereas Martha was immediately useful, immediately jumping in, and immediately well, trusted the doctor. They were two different, they were from two different worlds, Rose versus Martha. I mean, their backgrounds were totally different. Their education was totally different. Martha was probably a little older than Rose was when she first met yeah, the doctor. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Rose was supposed to be like like 19 or something, right? Like 19, 20? Somewhere around there, Like yeah. in her like like adult teens. I mean, I know that sounds weird, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like... And versus versus Martha, who would have gone through like I don't know how it works in in the UK, but you know you still like here in the US you have like undergrad. Yeah, you're she, you're twenty two, like and then in you're in her late. 20s. She would have been in her mid twenties at least if she was studying to become a doctor, basically. So you know she was yes going to be a little more mature, um, a little more possibly like go get them. Like I know what I want, and I'm gonna you know, and I'm gonna. Like where, you know, like I'm going to tell you if I want you versus Rose, who was a little more shy and reluctant and like just just sweetly falling in love, but not realizing it. Do you know what I mean? Like trying to like avoid it, not realize it, not see it where it seemed like the first time Martha and him met, 
he didn't mean to. I don't think he intended for that to happen, but he, you know, he kisses her to get the DNA mm-hmm. on his lips. And, but that was enough for her to be like, you know, what I thought was just a natural attraction, you know, for her, oh, yeah. for Martha, she, she was like she instantaneously smitten, like, you know, holy dude, I want this guy. Like, I like this guy. Mm-hmm. But then I think we not only saw her, Martha constantly realizing how much he loved Rose and how Rose was always on his mind and always through every episode, there was just always like something about Rose, something about Rose that eventually she just, I think she started to realize I'm never going to be able to, to be this Rose for him. So even, even I think after the adventures, you know, obviously after the epic, like two part ending series, that was like this epic year long yeah, three thing, yeah. you know, that she just finally was like, you know, I love you. And I can admit, I love you. And I know you have feelings for me, but it's, it would, it's like, I don't want to be, it's like, I think Martha realized I don't want to be second best. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like sitting here keeping going on with you, but knowing that nothing's ever going to happen because you still are totally in love with Rose. I, I I think she, she was there. I think for me, the moment in which Martha realized that she was never going to be anything more to the doctor than just a person that sort of shares you know, in the, in his adventures was in that moment where they were running away from the family of blood and they, they land in the 1913 mm-hmm. and she sees, you know, she, she's given all of these instructions and well, that was the second part. I mean, that was, well, that yeah, was the second it, part of that, that, that thing, but, but yeah, it, it, it is in that episode where we see the doctor basically fall head over heels for a complete stranger. The, like, yeah, well, I mean, the, he, he had spent, you know, two months with her, right? The uh, nurse. but in those two months he had fallen in love with this other human and she says it, she's, you know, you know, why did you have to go and fall in love with a human? And it's not me. me. Uh, and I think it was that plus clearly all of the mentions and all of the stories that she kept hearing about Rose and she kept hearing about Rose. Well, especially in that episode where he's human, but he's waking up and drawing all these pictures and writing all these things down as if they were fantasy or dreams or whatever. And a lot of it revolves around this beautiful woman he draws. He draws well, Rose. He, he draws Rose. He never talked about her. He never talked about Martha, the companion Martha. No. He, he drew Rose. He talked about all these other alien species and right. adventures that but he had. But it's literally like he, and he had known Rose. That was the freshest that would have been in his memory. But his memory was just embedded with mm-hmm. This other person, yeah, which, which if that's not love, I don't know what is. And and I think that is sort of uh, absolutely, but I, I think that's the for her, that's the moment she realized this is not a relationship that's going to go anywhere. It's not going to be healthy for me as much and as then, you as could much love as someone. she loved the doctor and as much as she trusted him and she wanted to adventure with him. That notion coupled with the events of. Utopia and the sound of drums, uh, and then ultimately the the last of the Time Lord episode. I think that just drove the nail in. And yes, she spent that year that then the Doctor wiped out when the Paradox Machine was, um, you know, destroyed. Uh, but she spent a year basically mounting an attack. Yep, to spreading save the word, the doctor to save and Doctor to, and save the world. And to save the, the, the universe. Yep. And she realized that what was more important to her, as much as she loved the Doctor and she clearly was going to continue to save him. Saving her family. Was her family. Yeah. And, and she, that, her, that, that would be a much more fruitful uh, continuation of her life. Than, well, that's the relationships that were already developed that will continue to be developed and continue to thrive Versus being with someone who was barely ready to settle down with someone that you know he loved with all his heart, let alone trying to, you know, rekindle and let his hearts. (laughs) 
beat yeah, for others. Let hearts. his two heart beat for someone new. So yeah, that's that's rough. Uh, so what did you think of uh, Captain Jack's return? Oh, oh, I love that man. He's so <laughs> sexy. Well, that's what makes me go. Wait a second. If Jackie boy can come back from wherever the hell they left him, I know he had the little armorist, like one person, you know, time travel thing. Then why can't we do that with Rose? Well, he not only did he have the little time travel thing, he did skip back in time, but then he said the thing broke. Yeah, and but then he jumped he a ride and he he well, found them. But because he can't die, he basically lived. And like made his way to that point in time, so to speak, he spent that entire time, like a hundred plus years waiting to catch back up with the doctor doing all these things, uh, you know, catching the doctor's hand to use as a, you know, time Lord tracker, (laughs) you know, like it's pretty impressive uh and i know uh we discussed it a little bit uh in the in the final episode uh and certainly uh with ashley's tidbits uh we mentioned that it it is only a, a a working theory that captain jack is the face of Bo. But yeah, that was like, oh my gosh! Right, the the idea that you know, because when we first met the face of Bo, they mentioned, and even the Doctor, who supposedly sees the entirety of the timeline, doesn't quite know how old the face of Bo is, and there's all these rumors of how ancient the face of Bo is. It would sort of jive with the idea that the face of Bo is this being that has basically been through the timeline multiple times because he can't die. And somehow he ends up, you know, replaying the timeline until he would. But now if you honestly, like, I want you to think, because the minute they said that, if you look at the face of Bo, (laughs) there are similarities to, there are similarities well, Russell Davies, who started uh, the this new version of Doctor Who with Series 1, and uh, certainly through Series 3, he is still the the head writer uh, or the, the showrunner, uh, as we would say here in the States. He said that it's a theory. He's never 100% committed to it. But I'm with you. I think. But if you look, if you now that they said that and you can connect it, when, now whenever I see the face of Bo, I see like a smushed out like Jack. Like you can see similarities in the the forehead and the eyes and the eyebrow and kind of even the lips because Jack does have some like seriously like voluptuous, sexy like lips. You know what I mean? And I'm not a lip person, but like he's just... He's got that beautiful, charming, like, flirt with everyone. Just, and you can, doesn't matter. Go for it. Flirt with everything and anything you see. Mm -hmm. He's like the ultimate, like, pansexual. (laughs) That's what he is. (laughs) Well, yeah. Alien, human, whatever. He's good to go. Uh, But I kind of, I really like that. That the, was like, they brought oh my goodness. And that, he, that they brought him back and that he was there to the end. You know what I mean? That he was. And that. That was his immortality was Rose's gift that Rose as the bad wolf, when she had all of that power imbued him with this gift that the doctor even says, you're wrong. You're yeah, this thing you're that does not, not belong to be. in yeah. time. Uh, and yet, you know, he doesn't want to do anything about it because, well, it was Rose's doing. The doctor doesn't want to undo what Rose did, which, you know, even at the end, you see the heart of uh, the hearts of the doctor still belong to Rose. You know, all roads lead back to that woman in trapped in this other dimension. Because even 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 Jack was excited to hear that they were all okay, that Mickey 
that and maybe Rose and, Rose and her mom and, and her dad were all okay and were back, even though you know that the dad that the dad in that dimension was still alive, right. and that he was you know that they were all a family for in a new dimension well, together. I, I loved how Jack even said because he traveled back in time and then he sort of allowed himself to live through that timeline again. He he saw her from a distance. He mm-hmm. visited her from mm-hmm. a distance. Uh, you know, so even Jack had, had a, a connection. connection well, with he Rose. did. And she had one with him. Like they did have a sweet relationship when oh, they yeah. were together. It was, but that's Jack. He just, he is just so charismatic and just, he <laughs> just is. He just is. Like, Captain, Captain I don't Jack. think anyone else could have played that, that role that what role was like made for that amazing actor. Like it was, it was made for him. Like, I don't think there's anyone as charming or as just like, just, Oh, he just sucks you in with that group. That smile is, <laughs> it's just, it did it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so it, it, it almost seems like it's now necessary that every season the doctor comes face to face with the Daleks, uh, which is, one of the doctor's big bad guys. Uh, what did you think of the Dalek appearance in this uh, in this series? Uh, he goes back to Manhattan uh, it, with Daleks in Manhattan, as uh, the Daleks are basically responsible for the building of the Empire State Building, <laughs> uh, and then the evolution of the Daleks, where they like. Yeah, this was this was like the series of two parters. It felt like it felt like I would get through an episode and I'd be like, "What the hell?" Because I'd be just expecting it to be like a two-hour episode, and then you'd be like, "Dun dun dun!" Like yeah. to be continued. I'm like, oh, "You got to be kidding me!" Um, I just think that I just think you know I I think that's it's it's like you know like a superhero and their villain. It's just but for this, it just seems like like you said the Daleks are just everywhere and you just don't realize where they are and it just it's like it's like doctor who no it's like the doctor no matter what will just always like when he goes i want to go on an adventure it's like it's like something in his like genetics that just pulls him to wherever the daleks are trying to like do stuff and like create Mm -hmm. chaos so to speak um yeah that was a that was a weird two-parter though where the the daleks were basically trying to you know evolve and like evolve out of their tin cans out of their garbage cans their mm-hmm. trash cans their oscar the grouch cans and like and like become human like but it was interesting because the minute they became human you can't cross genetics and ignore the emotions and the feelings of stuff and the daleks are non-emotional sociopath like kill kill yeah, kill the, kill the kill the emotion they have is, is anger. to kill and anger and so the idea that this one rogue like leader dalek all of a sudden turns into this weird amalgamation of Dalek human. And then all of a sudden is like, you know, it's like the Grinch with my heart just grew like three sizes. And now I have feelings. And why are we killing all these people? No, no, no. But then you can't control the evil of your non genetically mutated like Daleks. And they're just going to keep killing and, and manipulatively. So because they teamed up and were like, I don't think he's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're going to take it over and we're going to kill him. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part where the two Daleks kind of roll to each other and, and then their like, little yeah, domes their turn Dalek around tones to look and around. Like you, it's like you see like their little like Dalek like hands have like a, a knife behind their back. Like we're going to get him. But it was it was like they were about to tell a, a racist Dalek joke to each other and they like wanted to make sure that there no was no other. No one was looking around. Is <laughs> anyone like, here? Okay, yeah. Did you, you see that happy Dalek the other day? Like, oh my God. Do you like that guy? No, I don't like, I don't that, like guy that guy either. Yeah, I think we need to do something about He's it. He's too happy. Um, but I, I just thought, I love the fact that they, you know, brought him to the U.S. again. Because uh, other than when Rose fights the Dalek in the future in, in Platform 9, the only other time we've seen the Daleks uh, before uh, the, the big battle uh, where you know where Rose gets sent back to uh, the other the other Earth, it was it, it's been in the U.S. The yeah. first Dalek we see with uh, with the Ninth Doctor. Oh yeah, that's over Eccleson. in like the caves underneath the, the like the right in in Las deep, Vegas. Yeah, or whatever, like deep in the, in the depths of the canyons or whatnot. Uh, and then you know we see him in New York in the middle of you know like the the and the to set it up in the Depression era. 
uh, I thought was a, an interesting choice, you know, because using the desperation of people not. Well, and what was work, the name of what did they call um, the encampment? I forget what was the encampment in Central Park. Oh, um, uh, Ville. Um, what was the president? Hooverville. Hooverville. Hoover. Sorry, <laughs> like, I had to I know. cheat and look the, at Hooverville. Uh, but yeah, you know, like using like apt historical descriptions. Oh, I just love that time period. I, I, I love that. I love the relationship between, you know, Tallulah and Laszlo. Oh, it was okay. just, just with hearing her, I'm Tallulah, my Laszlo. You know, it was just so, it was just so sweet. And even after he got turned, yeah. but he didn't get fully turned. Like he held on to his love for her and they still kind of, it was like they. She was still in love with him, even though yeah. he was a little pig man. Pig but he, she just still loved him, and I thought that was so sweet and so pure. Because I think you wanted to look at her and go, "She was just in it." You know what I mean? For the looks and for the this and for that. Even though he had no money, so it wasn't anything no, she massive. Was clearly, she was truly in love with him, and I loved the fact love. that she still loved him even after the fact. She did. She did, and then he got to go live in Hooverville with all the other <laughs> folks dealing and, with everything. Uh, what was your favorite, would you say, out of this series, which was your favorite episode or episode since there were so okay. many two-parters? Well, we all know that I like the period pieces. So, of course, I was super stoked. Like, I don't mind all the, like, the future stuff. I think it's cool. But when they go back into actual, like, in the fool, but when they go back into actual future, they're making, the, they're, making, they're making stuff up. Do you know what I mean? They're going, this is what we think the future is. Da, 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 da. But in the historical stuff, they actually go back to historical times. So, of course, I love the Shakespeare code because I love the fact that William Shakespeare and everyone talks about, like, even in the book or whatever, they're like, how's the wife doing? Do you know what I mean? In the, in the show, they're like, how's your wife doing? People forget that he was married, but he was such a flirt with, with Martha. And, of course, I think one of the things I loved about that first one is... And then it was a couple of other times where they went back in a time where Martha was like, am I going to be okay here? Because you're dealing with, you know, someone who is a, 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 a black woman, you know what I mean? I, you know, so she was like, I think she's going back into Shakespearean time going, it's not like she's camouflaged and people can't see her for who she actually is when she goes back in time. She even she asks is, the doctor she, that. She is herself. And she even asks him when she steps out, am, is it okay for me here? And I think at that point, I think you may see like one other like black London, like Londoner, like woman walk by at some point, you know what I mean? Like in the actual setup. But she was concerned, no doubt, because, you know, times are times. But um, but I loved, I just, I liked that episode. It was cool seeing the Globe Theater and it was just neat. Just, I love, I love period pieces and I, and, and just, that aspect of it. But then I was going to say, obviously I did enjoy the, you know, the, the 19, early 1900s, you know, the, the Daleks in Manhattan. I like that time period. Um, I, well, it's a love hate relationship because I loved it when they went back to 1913 for human nature, the two parter and the, you know, the, the family of blood. I like that, but I was also what I just said about Mar was Martha okay? It was nerve wracking because not only was she going in as like a servant girl, so to speak, she was also once again, a black servant girl, you know, in the 1913s at a freaking like wealthy, like prep school or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like preparatory, whatever school where there was no one there. But I think in that episode, what I loved the most was her relationship with the other made oh yeah how cute they were together i just really enjoyed their dynamic being that what you said they were only there for two months he had in that episode he had held put his time lord into the watch and was being a human and had been there for two months and had somehow in his mind gave himself a connection to her so he didn't lose that connection to to, to martha do you know what i mean but at the same time she's the one that knew everything and had all the power and like was just trying to wait until these people, you know, the, the 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 family of blood or whatever just cycled out or whatnot and went away. Um I so I enjoyed that episode, but I also didn't like that episode because I didn't like how quickly 
it just shows you when he made himself a human, how quickly he went away from who he is, like guarding himself, like romantically and just instantly. And don't get me wrong. I loved the nurse. She was adorable and beautiful and wonderful and amazing. But I was like, seriously, I know I kept saying that during the episode, like seriously, seriously, (laughs) you get to kiss him. But Martha didn't. You get to kiss them, but Rose didn't. But like you said, she would have felt out of place because there, he he couldn't have that relationship with the with the serve staff with the you know Martha would have it it would have absolutely been out of out of place for him to do that. So I, it's funny that. That's the episode you like because of the period, but you hate because of what happened. Yeah, I kind of, it was one of those weird things. That I loved because it showed you what happened to the doctor when, like, he had such a hard moment of not knowing how to give up his humanity. Of having you mean in to, the second episode when they're discussing should he leave or should he stay because right. he wanted to marry her and wanted to be with and her and live that whole life with her? But also it also showed in the books and his stories, it showed the impact and the love that he had for Rose as well, which was just like, oh, my gosh. Right. But <laughs> look like, at the like picture he him, drew of her. His, his humanity drew him to have this beautiful romance to finally want to settle down and, basically right and which he's never been able to do because he he lives forever well be, right because he has that sensation of like oh i'm you know there's always it, you know it's like marrying a, a cop like uh, i'm a cop first i'm a husband and all these other things later right like when you're married to somebody that is devoted to their job you're always second banana the moment the doctor doesn't have that, that the, weight on his shoulder, it's like now he can just breathe. He felt so free and he becomes this much more aloof, but he's still there. There are traces of the doctor in there. You see it when he uses the cricket ball to create this Rube Goldberg device that ends up saving the mom and the baby from getting hit by, right. by the piano. Those little moments where he so like. You, Right. So you see that he is still the doctor. You see that he still has that in him, but because he doesn't have that pressure on his shoulders and all of that prior knowledge that weighs him down, he's able to basically do the thing that he wasn't allowing himself to do with Rose because while she said it, he never did. We see the aftermath because we see what he's done with Martha but now, without any of that baggage, he immediately, like, he clings to this woman. He falls head over heels for her. And when he's told to save the universe, to save the world, to save this very woman, you have to give up being who you are. And he sees it as basically killing himself, as sacrificing this life. And it was such a difficult episode because it's, you know, the idea of like, do you sacrifice who you are for the greater good? And ultimately he does, which is ultimately why I think Joan wasn't able to go with the doctor when the doctor offers her to come on the TARDIS with him because she goes, no, the better person was the John Smith. Mm-hmm. The person that chose to give his life for the sake of everybody else. And I'll never have that. that that's not going to be you once you return to who you are. Yeah. It, it's going to be a different person. She, she yeah, even it says it. She says, I love John Smith. You look that's and sound like him, but you're not But him. you're not him. You wouldn't be him. And, and he knows that he can't be that. And that, I think that was the most heartbreaking no, that's Beautiful what I said. It's episode. one of the ones that I love and yet I I I love it and yet I it 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 hurt because oh, yeah. it's just like there's just so many things was, where I'm just like why? It was also one of the first times where we see the doctor or the character of the doctor 
have like that much emotion. Like he was so Oh, he sad, was so heartbroken. So angry. That this was his only choice, that right. he couldn't, that he was denied the right to, to be this human and to have this life. And my favorite line is when he questions himself and Martha, you know, is trying to coerce him to become the doctor again. And he goes, what? Why? Why does he need you? And she goes, because he's lonely. And he says to her what kind of man is that and do you why do you want me to be that and it was so heartbreaking because it's true he yeah. is this lonely 900 and whatever you know, yeah so sad you know and and he had an opportunity and i love the fact that you know through the magic of the tardis and through the magic of being a time lord when joan and him touched the the watch we they both got to see the what life that they yeah. didn't have. Yeah. Um, which I, without that scene, without that moment, that episode would have just absolutely been heinous and I would have hated it. Well, it's like, it's like when you want, um, what is it? Like an epilogue, you know what yeah. I mean? Like in the Harry Potter books where you get to see what happens after. Cause you want to see that. It's like, you needed to see that just to go. Okay. That's like, that'll do you know what i mean right. like that'll do pig that'll, that'll do, do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> so because i love that episode so much i think it overshadowed my initial response for blink which is arguably like the most famous of the episodes in in this but i think it's because you go from such a heavy episode of family of blood to something that's just honestly so like it, it's, it's like the, a, it's, it's the fun doctor that we saw in it, the first series yeah where it but just, it's, it it's kind of i liked blank it was it was creepy and freaky at the right moments and it made me jump and whatever but it was just very surfacey in a weird way do you know what i mean it was it wasn't that deep. It was a cool story. Don't get me wrong. It was very cool and clever. But at the same time, it was just, it just, I think I said, it didn't feel like it. Didn't I say this after we watched it? It didn't feel like it fit. Like it well, was that the it, one that I was like, it felt, it is, it felt you know, weird. As, as I've learned now, the, <laughs> every season will always have a quote unquote, Dr. Light episode because that's how they, get around their budgetary constraints and they get an this extra was the episode. Doctor, yeah, this was the Dr. Dr. Light. Light. Okay. Uh, like last uh, last series, we had the um, uh, Love and Monsters episode, which was the Dr. Light episode. And I liked that one because it told the story of this other character and how the Doctor influenced him and how the Doctor ultimately played a huge role in his life, not only from saving his life, but not being able to save his mom to then saving his love and, you know, bringing her back to him uh, in a weird, strange way that, you know, they both make work. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Blink, we see the impact it has on the girl, but because we don't get that first person narrative, it doesn't, feel as important as that other episode did. Both of these episodes basically feature somebody else who comes in contact with the doctor and their lives are ultimately changed uh, drastically. You know, in, in the case of uh, the girl, she, you know, her friend disappears and ends up sending her a message from the grave. Her, Back to the future. The, the, the <laughs> cop that she kind of, <laughs> right, <laughs> Oh, that the, was the, so the cop, sweet. You know. That was probably my favorite. The the cop right, when he was right. young, and then all of a sudden he's old, and he gets to like, see her there again. Was that really was so cool sweet. Moments in yeah, it. and and I appreciated that the f doctor didn't really play into it that much, but at the same time, it you know it we needed a light episode because we go from family of blood and uh, human nature and that heavy story. And that all that emotion that the doctor carries through 
And then immediately after Blink, we go straight into meeting the master. Which I didn't know. And I learned (laughs) by watching this and by talking to my fellow experts that come on the podcast that the master has been and a, a huge villain throughout Doctor Who and having not watched any Doctor Who before, I had no idea who he was. So all of a sudden to get introduced to this character and to see he's really the first person that kind of bests the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Gets the most, you know, and does some horrifically heinous things to the Doctor and to humanity just for the heck of it. Just because he can. Evil. Uh, and, you know, I, I think I said it on the podcast as well, uh, going back all the way to series one, you know, the, the Dalek felt dangerous. In series two, when we were introduced to the, um, the Cybermen, I again said they felt threatening. They felt dangerous. They felt like they were going to certainly be a menace and affect the Doctor. The Master just absolutely destroyed the Doctor in a psychological way. And then when he refuses to regenerate, he destroys the Doctor in an emotional way. So, well, if that was, if that, like, it's weird. If you would say, just like, destroys him in like a, an inhumane way, it would be like an in time, like, like an in, like a not negative, like Time Lord way. It just seemed so just the idea that you finally, like, it's like he was trying to, hope that he could make this person realize, look, we're, you're not alone anymore. I'm still here. And yet you didn't even care. Like you were that evil and that vicious. But from the beginning, we know this guy's been evil and vicious from the beginning because when he looked into the depths of whatever the Time Lord thing is, yeah, all he heard vortex. was like evil drumming the whole time. Because he always talked about the drumming, mm-hmm. drumming, drumming. Yeah, because you're that's the devil probably drumming you home. <laughs> Because the dude was just pure, unadulterated evil, and that just took pleasure in torturing. I think the doctor. He was more than just evil. He was. No, he was. He was maniacal. He was. He was. What's that? Menacing. Menacing. He was menacing. He just was like, I'm just gonna. You're gonna think I'm doing this, and I'm gonna like. And it's hard to think of that because the doctor's usually the smartest person in the room. Right. And you're talking, you've got Martha Jones, uh, a doctor, an, yeah. a, a, a almost, almost MD, you know what I mean? Like in the room, she's a smart chick. Do you know what I'm saying? But when you think about the other, like it just, it, yeah, that was, that was, that was truly like, I mean, aside, like we, you know, we don't see him, like we don't, you know, the doctor never seems to get down. Do you know what I mean? Like he always has that. That's still, you know, coming off of, you know, like you said, trying to stay on, like, Tennant trying to stay on Eccleston's, like, joyful, like, doctor, like, fun, like, you humans are so cute, you know, all the stuff you do. But, um, but yeah, it just, these episodes just kind of, it feels like they just, they took them out a little bit. And instead of jumping back up from being knocked down, it's just... You can see, you know, you can see it affect him. Even when he tries to put on the happy face, it's like you can see, like, and I'm talking even from the human nature episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, there's, like, residual, like, pain and just residual, like, you know, emotional issues. He shows, like, this immense amount of pride uh, and this immense amount of joy in seeing humans thrive and survive yes and that's part of the beauty of him is that if only we could look at ourselves the way he looks at us as these beautiful thriving you know caring wonderful creatures i think that's what he's and that's what breaks his heart is like he sees that good and yet he also has seen all the evils that humans do to each other Mm -hmm. i just the master was to me, the nastiest villain he's come up with. Because the Daleks, they're dangerous, they're threatening, 
but they have but a but very clear purpose. We have, we know what they're going to do right. and he knows what they're going to do. And it's like, he knows how to deal with them right. every and time. They're, they're dangerous. No. Yeah. Of course you know, it's dangerous. not like he can easily dispatch. But he's like an FBI, like, like profiler that has profiled the Daleks for hundreds of years, knows exactly what they're thinking, knows exactly what they're doing, knows exactly what their, their punk, their, their, you know, their pokey parts are where he's like, if I poke this part, I know you're going to do this. And if I say this, I know you're going to respond this way. This guy was like a complete. Yeah. The, the anomaly, even though unpredictable, even though he knew him once he realized who it was, he was like, Oh crap. I remember you. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember you and it was an, Oh crap. I remember you because you've always been evil. It's like he knew, like, but at the same time, he didn't he wanted, want to destroy he didn't want to believe him because it. they're the last ones. Yes, but that's the point. He wanted to try to, he was like, desperate to try to save better. him. Yeah. I can try to make you see the beauty and humanity that you're trying to destroy and use against everybody. Because that was awful what he did to all oh, those yeah. souls to then turn them into his little minions, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The last humans... The last humans are now going to be destroyed by humans hundreds of years before that. Right. Well, maybe after the destruction of the paradox machine, you know, that event doesn't happen. It doesn't happen and it just reverberates back. You know, time heals they just itself, go back but... to the awful existence they were living in against the weird cannibal eating people or whatever. Right. Hoping for utopia. Yeah, hoping for imaginary utopia that the master's the reason they thought that was. Wasn't it him that... Right, but he was... See, this is why I think the Family of Blood and Human Nature were such important episodes in the series. When the master was just the professor, he was human. He was like yeah, the doctor. Yeah, he, he was, was like, like the doctor in the Human Nature episode, which and was, so he didn't was such know. a great so parallel. he wasn't... Exactly. Mean. He was genuinely doing. But my question was, who was his companion that knew, or did he not he have, didn't a have a companion? So he hid himself into something that he would never find, basically, as a, as a means of escaping what he knew was this inevitable time Versus war that would ultimately who had wipe Martha him out. To hold that entity of himself, Correct. be like, if it has which to is, happen, break the seal and which let is why me free. it took so long. But when all of a sudden he discovers. That's when the malice comes out. Until that point, like he was this genuine guy trying to help humanity, humanity reach utopia. And was then it, after, I, I it's where. But, but was it was it like the Doctor himself, the Time Lord essence of the Time Lord, the Doctor himself, that was kind of like like a sniffer test? You know, like when someone passes out, you do like Epsom salt up their nose or whatnot. And was that it? Just the sniff of him well, no, it was, started to it was spark Martha, it back? It was Martha making him aware of the pocket watch because he had it on him, but he, you know, like the doctor when he was a human, he just thought, oh, it's just a fop watch. And, and then and Martha gave realized no it's the same one that the doctor and when had. That's Martha right. Martha realized, wait a minute, that's and not is that a the only way that the watch. that's that's the only way it's through the pocket watch. That's the only way that the Time Lord can actually hold himself together and then the, become a correct, human, so to through speak. Through that chameleon ray or whatever they called it, well, like a head, right? But put on that, that, that like, whatever that device was, the chameleon thing was. It sucked the Time Lord out puts of the, the watch. the essence of the Time Lord onto that watch and turns him human. Uh, so I, I, I found that such an interesting storyline. And I found the Master to be quite literally the most heinous of the bad guys. Because like you said, he was unpredictable. Cybermen have a very clear ob objective. Um, Daleks have a very ob clear objective. The doctor has a very clear objective. The master is just chaos. Yeah. It's pure chaos. It, it was pure narcissism, but it was not Joker even that. It was Batman, It know? was just narcissistic, you know, sociopath. Yeah, he was. He was definitely evil. But I'm glad that uh, the doctor was able to get past it. We did move on to 
the Christmas special this year, which I know you didn't like very much. Not, I know. I'm sorry. I mean, so, so let me back up. I know I'm a Rose girl, but I did love Martha. I thought Martha was super cool. And honestly, the last two episodes when she became like this badass, I was so like, holy crap, this is going to be awesome. Martha's going to keep going with him. She's now this badass that's going to be his badass companion. And it's going to be so good. I honestly, that's what I was hoping for. So then when it became this like flip, like all she had been doing was telling the story, basically giving the doctor power back by like, you know, like, you know, you know, if everyone, you know, like the, like, it's like, it's like um at the end of, of, you know, Christmas movies, you know, you know, clap and Tinkerbell gets her wings back, clap and the doctor gets his power back or whatnot. So I was really hopeful of that. So it honestly threw me a bit when all of a sudden Martha was like, I got you back. You know what I mean? And now I'm staying here. I was, it was a little, I wasn't expecting that. I'm not going to lie. Like I was expecting to have Martha for longer too. So when Martha was like, I'm not going with you, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, then I started to connect more like no 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 i need a little more i just i just got on the martha train i need more martha you know what i mean um to then jump and then she you know she goes with her family and i'm super happy she went back with her family i hope that we maybe see martha again she's just there in london maybe maybe she comes back and you know she's now officially a doctor or whatnot and she's not trapped in another she's not you know exactly so we know he can get to her um christmas episode Maybe this was the episode that I said to you just felt discom- the, I, it was it was totally discombobulated to me didn't sort of fit uh I have to admit this was the first Christmas special that I wasn't like super thrilled about you know and for an episode that features Titanic I should have been more because I'm such a huge Titanic fan as I'm staring at one of my Titanic books but the, there was a moment in this episode where I realized it, this was much less about Titanic and just the idea of a boat and the story very much. And I discussed this with John when we talked about it on last week's episode. The The fact that basically halfway through the episode, it goes from a Doctor Who episode to the Poseidon adventure. <laughs> Yeah, it's just survival. With Shelly Winters, you know, not being able to swim across, you know, like almost all of the characters were there. Uh, and the doctor was the Gene Hackman character sort of leading them to safety. It just, it just, it just, it just felt like you started off with this like huge cast because you're on a ship. And then all of a sudden it was like chaos. Everyone's dead except like six people left and they just start dropping like flies. And it just, it was, it was just discombobulated I, and but I, I will say as as weird as the episode felt there were two moments in it that i think were fantastic the moment where especially after everything that happened with the master he turns to all those passengers and he basically states in that super heroic way i am the doctor i am from gallifrey i am the bringer of good like he reclaimed his you know, like, he reclaimed exactly his, like, like he power he kind of exactly he sat there and like took the it confidence back came back like he wasn't going to be duped by anyone he was going to be manipulated by anyone he was here to help everyone yep. and if you did what he told you to do you were going to be you okay be safe. and i love that moment and then you have the moment at the very end of the episode where the old man that was pretending to be the earth historian oh, getting everything wrong guy. and how the the old man approaches him Critic. and he's like he's the last person you thought would survive pointing out like the rich dude that you know brags about how surviving has made him rich and that but he looks at the doctor and he goes he's the last person you thought would survive but then again if you could choose who survives that would make you a monster. And he looks at the doctor when he says that, and the doctor has a moment of like internalizing that yeah. because he, he certainly tried. I mean, he tried yeah, to he save tried to bring his girl back. The 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 girl that was clearly like uh, I Ready described it as catnip for the doctor. Yeah. She was everything the doctor needed in that moment after being left by Martha and still not having Rose. So it, I. I liked enough of those episodes, enough 
of the episode to still enjoy it. But I, I am, I'm with you in the fact that I think that was probably the weakest out of the holiday specials that we've seen so far. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Because the first Christmas special, we it, it's our first full introduction to the new Doctor, the David Tennant Doctor. And then last Christmas episode, we get to see the bride and we get to see him fight the, the spider people, uh, you know. And then this episode, he just saves Earth by not crashing Titanic onto Buckingham Palace. Right. <laughs> the poor kid that ended up like being promoted to captain after everyone was dead, like right. managed to save the Titanic along with the rich dude. And, you know, but I love the old man. You've got any money? The credit card. How much did you put on it? A million. Several million pounds. Like a million. No, it was like a million dollars, he said, because he didn't know. He goes, I didn't know how much it was, so I put a million dollars. And he goes, a million dollars is like four million space nuggets or whatever it is. And he's like, four million space nuggets? I'm rich. And he can go and retire and have his (laughs) a million pounds. That's a lot of money. (laughs) So are you still enjoying Doctor Who? I am. I am still enjoying it. I mean, you know, I the episodes are longer. So like when you when you you tricked me and you would show me an episode and then I'd be like, wait a second, that episode didn't finish. This is a two-parter. And I'd have to like watch the next episode just to feel better about everything. No, I still, I still really, really enjoy it. I still super enjoy it. Like I said, I still I still yearn for others. I still yearn for other people. I mean, I love David Tennant. David Tennant's just a rock star. But there's moments where I, you know, I still miss Chris. And I definitely miss, you know, I miss Billy Piper. I miss Rose a lot. So it's just something about her. I don't know what it is. She definitely, her character definitely played uh, an outsized role like she she commanded a lot of space uh and i think uh, i think we're still gonna see the doctor dealing with rose uh even I mean, into you know I, I only hope that because i hope that somehow we find a way to bring her back <laughs> but i also hope that he can find because I don't, like I said, I think Rose and Martha were two completely different people. There weren't, to me, there there weren't as many commonalities between the two of them, even though I love them both, you know what I mean? But I'm just curious if he'll find someone that kind of sparks that, sparks that Rose for him a little more, mm-hmm. you know, in future companions yeah, or whoever we come to. And I guess before we wrap it up, I love the fact that, uh, you know, we're also watching Loki. And in the first episode of Loki, we see Martha's sister. sister. (laughs) Who has had, like, like, terrible choices and bosses in Doctor Who. Because she worked for Dr. Lazarus. And then she worked for the master. (laughs) Yep. So she's horrible choice in jobs, horrible choice in bosses. But here she is. Well, maybe in Loki. We don't know if she's got a horrible choice in bosses in Loki. We really don't know. But if you haven't watched Loki, don't. No spoiler alert. No spoilers. No spoilers. But Martha's sister, (laughs) that lovely actress, is in Loki. She definitely is. And she's as amazing in that as she is in everything else she does. So I can't wait to keep watching the series with you. It's been such a joy, this series. And dear listener, it's been a joy having you come along for the ride. So if you like the podcast, head on over to firsttimelord.com where you can leave comments on all of our episodes where if you feel like supporting us we have a awesome merch store with some cool shirts my wife has been sporting a couple of them i've been sporting mine out i have they're super comfy yeah people have complimented me on them so you know you can pick one of those up on the merch store uh, if you don't want to do the support financially, you can support us the most important way possible, which is share the podcast. If you like it, 
you know somebody that would like it as well. You know somebody like me or my wife who had never seen Doctor Who, and now that we started, we can't stop. So introduce them to the podcast, introduce them to Doctor Who, and let's get more people into this fandom, and let's get more people commenting on our episodes. We really, really want your feedback. Uh, Moving forward into Series 4, I really would love to do a a listener, entire listener-driven, you know, feedback episode. So let's, let's get that going. But... Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this entire series. And I guess we got no time left but to jump onto our own TARDIS to see what Series 4 has in store for us. Until next week, everybody.